0: Welcome to a special 4th of July edition of the Turn on the Jets podcast. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and you can listen to my podcast on Friday's brand new episodes. It's called Play Like a Jet. Uh, More details on that in just a second. But first, on this special edition episode, Joe Caporoso goes into enemy territory to talk Patriots. First, he'll talk to Mike DeSalt, who is the editor of Pat's Propaganda, a really good Patriots blog. I like to think that they're kind of the turn on the jets of Patriots blogs. And Joe and Mike have a long-standing relationship, friendly and cordial, despite the fact that they root for very rival teams. So Mike will come on and then you're going to hear Joe talk to family members because His wife's family are all Patriot fans. So this is what Joe has to deal with on a regular basis when he wants to talk football with any of his wife's family members. You're going to hear all about it. They're going to do a little bit of a roundtable coming up. So that will be on the back end. But first, we'll do Mike DeSalt. Don't forget also, as I mentioned, my podcast, Play Like a Jet, brand new episode on Friday, and this week we're going to get into part two of my discussion with Albert Breer on the road to Sam Darnold, the three-year road that the Jets were on to finally get, hopefully, their franchise quarterback, starting when Mike McKagan took over as the general manager in 2015 and going all the way up through the April draft It was a terrific investigative piece by Albert Breer, and he talked to me about it in long form. Part two is brand new this Friday. I think you're really going to enjoy it, so go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. I look forward to hearing your feedback after you give it a listen on Friday. If you haven't heard part one yet, go ahead and listen to that, and then part two will be brand new Friday. Having said all of that, why don't we start things off with Mike DeSalt from Pat's Propaganda? And he's going to tell Joe a little bit about why Joe might feel a little less not at home this time in Patriots territory because there's a little bit of a civil war brewing between two factions of Patriots fans.
1: Mike, Mike, thank you for taking the time for joining us. Hey, Joe, I'm always always happy to join in. I apologize for uh, being a Patriots fan. Listen, I
2: will never get tired of accepting that apology uh, as I gear up. uh, I'm not exactly sure what they were releasing this, but as I gear up to spend my Fourth of July literally surrounded by Patriot fans, my in-laws, their friends. Uh, well,
1: I, you know, Joe, I think you might uh, you might find yourself fitting in with Patriot Nation a little bit better because I feel like this off season we've had like a split, and there's actually Patriot fans who don't like Tom Brady anymore. So you might you might find some people up here that uh, you know are a little bit uh, in your mode of thinking. I think you guys
2: are completely insane if there's a single <laughs> Patriot fan out there who does not like Tom Brady. But I know it's it's a tough region to please despite all the recent success. So yeah. why don't we start with that? This how much. Fire do you think there is around the quote unquote internal turmoil at the top top of this organization with Kraft and Belichick and Brady and Guerrero? Is this overhyped nonsense, or do we kind of really feel like there's some irreparable harm here and the end could actually be in sight. Please say the end is actually in sight.
1: <laughs> well, look, he's 40 years old. The end is definitely in sight. And, uh, you know, I, I think – I mean the interesting thing to me is – and you know how all this stuff works – is like there's actually – seems like there's like sources now, if not within the Patriots, close to the Patriots, that are kind of driving this story now, which, which never really existed before. You know, each year it was like, oh, we'll kind of put the drama of the last season behind us. But, you know, this whole offseason, there was just always, you know, sources confirm that last year, there, you know, this happened behind, you know, just little tidbits here and there that just always seem to kind of, like, keep the fire going. So I'm not sure how much there actually is fire. I mean, I think, like, the general, like, acceptance, which is funny, like, you know, people talk about this on the Boston Sports Airwaves, and, you know, it always comes with a disclaimer at the end of, like, but I'm sure they'll be able to suck it up and figure it out for another season. You know, so so I you know, look, they've been together forever. We all know Belichick's probably is a pain in the ass to play for. Uh and, and I think what some people are having a hard time accepting. Is that Tom Brady, with you know kids that are you know closing in on those like you know elementary school years, and he's forty years old? That he's not going to be the first guy to the stadium and the last guy out, and he is going to take a little bit more time with his family. Which you know is a person who's kind of in a similar position. Like you know, I can accept Endgame Brady, and some people can accept Endgame Brady. They want him there, living at the stadium still, even though he's forty years old. He's got three kids. You know, that's still the Brady that they want, and anything less than that, they look at as this is a slap in the face. Brady owes us. It's like, I, you know, there are real Patriots fans that think Brady owes us something.
2: <laughs> so what about the rest of, what about the rest of this off season? I would say as a, you know, as a Jets fan with a little bias, always looking for a reason to be happy. I would say mm-hmm. about what happens in the AFC off, AFC's off season, the Patriots, no more Deion Lewis, no more Danny Amendola, uh, Edelman dealing with a prospective suspension, uh, no more Nate Solder. Yeah. Uh, has this been perceived as being a less than desirable offseason for New England? Well, it's
1: it's funny because I feel like a lot of like this actual football talk, which is what I try to like, you know, set on my side. I know it's past propaganda, but as you know, like i just I'm more interested in football. Like that's what you know I like to write about and stuff. And so a lot of the real actual football issues I feel like nobody's really talking about. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, I would start with the, the Nate Solder, you know, the, the left tackle replacement. I mean, last time, you know, Brady's really only had two starting left tackles, uh, starting with Matt Light, uh, you know, in 2001. They took him to 2011, and it's been Solder since then. And it was a very smooth succession plan where they drafted Solder in the first round, groomed him for a year, and then he stepped in. And, you know, everyone expected this year that, that you know, to, to get a slam dunk uh, left tackle. And, 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 I mean, they did draft one in Isaiah Wynn in the first round, but, you know, he's i think six three uh he's undersized you know but oh but he can play left tackle so it's it's really they've thrown a lot at the wall in terms of the left tackle position, which I think is really the first thing that they're going to have to figure out. They acquired Trent Brown, uh, who played mostly right tackle with San Francisco. Um, and they also, you know, they have Ladrian Waddles, another, like, swing guy that they have back. They grabbed Ulrich John and Matt Tobin, you know. So they're kind of throwing it all at the wall, but there's no real set answer uh, for how that's going to work out. And, and we all know the, the importance of, of left tackle. And, you know, really, I mean, either tackle is very important in today's NFL. But uh, and the second thing I would say is uh, – you know the wide receiver thing is a really interesting thing. I mean, honestly, I think the Edelman suspension might be kind of a good thing. I mean, we always laugh about how these suspensions to start the year. Well, well, they don't have to spend a roster spot on the guy. Uh, you know, and being 32 and coming off an injury, you know, they usually would bring guys. Back from an ACL injury, slow anyway. Uh, But you know, as you, as you, as I don't have to tell you, Joe, (laughs) Danny Amendola made a ton of clutch catches in so many games. I mean, there's, I mean, remember the Jets game in 2014 where I mean they probably would have lost that game at Gillette if it wasn't for Amendola. So they really have to find. Uh, a new kind of clutch guy, I think that's going to, you know, eventually replace Edelman, but but specifically replace Amendola. And uh, I think the guy that I'm kind of hoping and thinking it could be is Jordan Matthews, who, uh, you know, has had some success from the slot. Uh, but but you know, again, there's going to be some turnover there, so I think it, it's definitely an area to watch.
2: Despite all of this, I, I don't think either of us would disagree, or anyone with a shred of common sense would disagree that New England is still by far the favorite to win the AFC this year, obviously as a product of them having Belichick and Brady and the infrastructure that's led to so much success, but also the Jets, Buffalo and Miami are at different phases of either rebuilding or kidding themselves into thinking that they're competing this year. Looking at you, Miami, when you look at (laughs) the other three teams in the division, now Buffalo made the playoffs last year, although we know the AFC was weak, and with how they've reshuffled their roster, I would actually argue that they're the worst team in the division right now, uh, despite being in second place last year. How do you see the other three teams stacking up, and what do you generally think about the decision-making on how those three teams have operated their offseason?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's like, I feel like each of the three teams have an element that you, you know, that you really like and that, you know, that you say, wow, this is really something to build upon. And I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I, I don't know if we could agree to admit this, but, you know, anytime an AFC's team makes the playoffs like Buffalo did last year, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I root for those teams outside of when they play the Patriots as well. Um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, the Jets with Darnold, it's, it's, I think that's a really good position. It's just, it goes back to, you wonder, um, and I'd be curious your opinion on this too, because sometimes I just think like people blow things up so quickly, and I know it's hard when you're you know losing to, to the Patriots, at, you know year in and year out, and you can't beat them in Foxborough. But, you know, just to be able to stick with the plan and, you know, now that you're looking at, all right, maybe four more years of Brady after this at the at most, you know, I mean, God, the end is going to come at some point. Uh, you know, does that kind of time frame work up well for if you just stick with Darnold, you bring him along slowly, you get him in, you know, th- that's the kind of thing where. And I, and I mean, and in, in terms of Miami, I mean, just love their coaching. They beat the Patriots last year. They seem to play hard, um, you know, but it's it's always just comes down to. Which of those teams can go into Gillette in a meaningful game and, and beat the Patriots? And that's always, you know, nobody's done it since your 2010 team did it in the playoffs. Um, you know, those are the games that are just that, that really change the, the scope of the, of the division, uh, you know, and until somebody can kind of get over that hump and kind of get that monkey off their back, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding, but I sure think, you know, there's, there's always change on the Patriots. There's always different areas where they might be able to be exposed. And I mean, we saw with their defense last year, plenty, um, and then now a new defensive coordinator. Uh, so, you know, you wonder how teams are going to kind of look at that and see how they might be able to take advantage of things.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh it's finding the balance between you know you're trying to beat New England, but you don't want to also be too reactive to every single thing they're doing. You do wanna have your own strong identity and foundation that you're gonna be confident in and building around. And I felt like sometimes the Jets, after some initial success, got caught in being way too reactive to everything New England was trying to doing and, and trying to catch them and it ended up, you know, just torpedoing their entire, you know, mm-hmm. team across the board and organization. So I mean for them this year it's Let's hope Darnold shows something positive uh, and takes some early steps in his development. And then you go into next offseason with a lot of cap space. Hopefully he's also somebody who's valuable out there from a recruiting perspective because mm-hmm. he's a promising young quarterback. And then over the next few years, you could become uh, more competitive. Uh You know, a little bit almost what we're seeing with with Jimmy Garoppolo, where, you know, he played for, what, five, six games last year. And then the Niners were able to go out and add a lot of young offensive talent Mm -hmm. around him to continue building. How how sore is everybody there still about Garoppolo? And is a succession plan at, at quarterback just not something that's a a top of mind thing right now and it's more like we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll deal with it when it happens because Garoppolo is going to sit around forever but is there anyone in house? Is it thought? Yeah, where, where does that stand right now? I know
1: well you know it's I mean there certainly is a contingent of Patriot fans uh, you know that are like we should have got rid of Brady <laughs> you know we should have traded three more years of, of Brady for 10 more years of Garoppolo um, and, I, and I think Somewhat, things are a little bit skewed um, in terms of how high everyone is on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, as, as more and more teams get experience playing against him, um, you know, I think we'll we'll see him. You know, he's he's not as lights out as, as I think people believe he was, and I mean, really. Um he was actually pretty bad almost every training camp he played. And people were always worried about it, but you know when the games came on he was he was pretty lights out. Um so you know now it's it's basically as i said it's the Brady ride or die. I mean we're just we're riding Brady to the end. I mean at least now there's no uh potential conflict. I mean i guess you know they went and uh and and drafted Danny Etling this year who, you know, thank god for him. I mean had the Patriots drafted some, you know, Quarterback in the first or second round, like a lot of people were considering, they might. Though that poor guy would have the weight of the world on his shoulders, and you know, being dubbed the next one, and you know, so Adling's kind of in a position where he can just kind of hover under the radar. Maybe he turns out, maybe he doesn't. Um, but you know, over the next couple of years, you're going to be able to draft somebody uh, that will get some time to work with Brady, have you know a little bit of that mentoring um, that that you know is obviously so valuable for a young quarterback to you know kind of see and learn from the best. Um, but you know, at this point, I mean, honestly honestly it's just the, the timing of it just could not work out you know and there's so many that's such a Boston talk radio fodder where you know they're talking about, oh they could have signed Garoppolo they could have franchised him and kept him and Brady at the same time and you know it's just and given the contracts and how long Brady wanted to play they had to make a decision whether or not Robert Kraft forced that hand uh, I don't know for sure many in the Boston media seem to just accept that as fact um, but right now it's Brady ride or die right to the end, and you know if something were to happen to him, you're looking at Brian Hoyer probably, <laughs> and not much else.
2: One one of the things you had mentioned before uh, is, you know, how do you take advantage of New England? How you could take advantage and find ways to beat them is going to vary year to year. When you look at how the team is laid out now. Jets, Miami, Buffalo, anyone who's going to come in to New England next year, just play them in general. What would be the smart way for an opposing team to attack them and potentially score an upset, continuing to work under the assumption that they're going to be the favorites in all of these games?
1: I mean, I would look no farther than the Philadelphia Eagles in last year's Super Bowl. And, I mean, though that team, credit to them, they played exactly the way they needed to. You saw a little bit of it, too, with the Chiefs uh, when the Pats got beat pretty bad opening night last year. Um, you know, the problem with the, with the Eagles was just that there wasn't one thing to key on. You know, there wasn't one thing, well, if we just take this away – that, you know we're gonna be okay it just once they got everything working in terms of you know the short misdirection um the package plays which we talked a ton about you know how much trouble you know the patriots would have with those i mean I think Really, the Patriots did nothing to address uh, their biggest weaknesses. I saw it last year, which was kind of their athleticism at the second level. Where uh, you know, w- once Dante Hightower went down, they just they had no playmakers. I mean, they're they're trying to kind of play Kyle Van Noy, who who certainly came a long way last year. Um, and, and Landon Roberts who's kind of you know the, the proverbial downhill thumper guy who you know is going to bite on play action every time um so you know they just they don't have a guy that's you know i i, I you know obviously there's Luke, there's only one Luke Keekley but that's the kind of guy they really need and i think any team that really targets that second level um and is and is just throws it, it, i mean i think what i liked most about Philadelphia in that game they were just fearless you know and I, and i would compare i'd go back to that Same uh, Jets game in 2010, where you know, I mean, obviously you can't make mistakes. You got to play 60 full minutes against them because they are a disciplined football team, and they just they keep fighting. You know, we we saw that in Super Bowl 51. Um, But you know, it's 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 a hard it's a hard game plan to execute. Not everybody has that perfect game plan where you can go for it on fourth down and throw it to your quarterback. You know, but it's that kind of stuff that the Patriots, you know, that's where you get them. Uh, So I would say teams need to kind of emulate that and really try to have balance and and you know, I mean, I would say it goes back to the wildcat game you know where it's just something unexpected as the patriots athleticism waned in their in their in their linebacker core that's where to attack them and, and i think that'll still be the case this year
2: what i don't want to put you on the spot too much but let, let's leave with some uh, some hot takes and some predictions here for the for the holiday as it stands now give me your final afc standings and the four
1: teams records well, I mean, I just – I got to go 12 and 4 Patriots. I mean, so that's was it safe bet. I know. It's a 12 and 4 safe bet Patriots. Um You know, I I think the Dolphins. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to offend all your listeners. But I feel like the Jets are just a you know are year or two behind right now, just based on you know kind of resetting things. But I mean, I would say long term. uh, I mean, I would put. I do. I really like what Miami has done. Buffalo, I think, was a little bit of smoke and mirrors last year, and I think kind of changing their quarterback situation is going to probably knock them down a notch. But I mean, I would probably say Miami is is the second place team in in my mind. Um, I I just I like their coaching. You know, I'll be curious to see uh how the quarterback situation plays out you know now that that they're healthy uh but you know I think it's probably 12 and 4 pats I would put the, the dolphins in the 8 and 8 you know 9 and 7 kind of range and then I would put the jets and bills probably in the you know 5 6 win range
2: who's the second best team in the AFC besides New England going into this year who who is the Ooh. team that is most likely to get over the hump and and knock them off in
1: the playoffs or maybe knock them off as a top team in the conference? I mean, I might say Houston. I mean, that's, they're the ones that kind of jumped to mind. Just, uh, you know, I loved what they did. I mean, they, they see, they played the Patriots every year now for the past few seasons, um, you know, and, and seeing what they did last year, the additions that they've made this year, um, you know, they're the, they're the first team that pump jumps to mind. I mean, you always I always like San Diego, but for whatever reason, Philip Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady. Um, but you know, those are those are teams. I mean, I think when you look at teams who are have a good veteran core, uh, and you know, and just you got to have those defensive playmakers that are going to blow stuff up, make things chaotic. Especially up the 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 gut, you know, is not allowing Brady to step up into that pocket. I mean, you, I mean, we've seen the 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 Patriot losses are they always kind of look the same, Uh, and I think that that those two teams really kind of have the pieces. I was always terrified of Kansas City. I'll be curious. I'm, I'm. so glad Alex Smith is gone. I know that's a weird quarterback to be like terrified of, but he always scared me. And and, and I mean, they showed it the last few times they played, and you know, pulling out two convincing victories in, in 2014 and last year's opener. Um, you know, but it, it's hard. It, it feels like things are you're waiting for another team to emerge, and and you know, you saw Jacksonville last year. They've got some good pieces. So I mean, it's a it's an interesting time in the NFL where that you know there's really it's the Patriots and then. It's a very fluid situation, and uh, I mean, I think part of that is exciting as, as new players and new stars are going to emerge and kind of, you know, carry that torch from Brady Manning, which which carried the league for so long. All right, Mike, tell all the good people where they could find your
2: work if they're looking for some hate reading <laughs> uh, heading into this season.
1: Yeah, I yeah, if you path propaganda, path propaganda on Twitter. I try to be uh you know pretty balanced. As I as I said many times, you know, we all we all just enjoy football. We root for different teams, so at the end of the day we're all football fans. But uh, you know, it's uh it's just it's been a lot of fun uh, you know getting to work with you guys and you know, just having like minded fan, fans who uh you know we don't have to be uh to hate each other and want to you know, be, be all picking fights on Twitter all day long. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's good stuff. So I mean I know uh, I know you guys and myself we're all just excited for football to be back. And to uh, have our uh, have our football Sundays.
2: Absolutely, it's almost here. A few more weeks, we get through this World Cup, and then uh, Hall of Fame game <laughs> is back, and we'll be here. All right, Mike Desaul. Thank you for joining us. As always kind of best of luck this year. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn of the Jets Podcast. I'm your host Joe Caporoso, owner of TurnTheJets.com. This week we are joined by a wide collection of undesirable. Unhappy for some reason, Patriot fans, we're going to talk with Mike DeSalt of Path Propaganda on the back half of this podcast, but first we're going to talk with a bunch of Patriot fans that I'm sharing this beach house with for the week, because uh, I did marry a Patriot fans, and so am Patriot fan. Uh, before we jump into the round table, I want to remind you guys this podcast is brought to you by Razor Sport. That is R-A-Z-E-R-S-P-O-R-T dot com. Now that sports gambling is legal in New Jersey, you need the best advice possible, so... Follow RazorSport Sport on Twitter, at RazorSport Club, and check them out at RazorSportClub.com. Thank you. All right, so I'm surrounded by my brother-in-laws, a collection of their friends, my wife, my niece. And despite the Patriots winning 10,000 Super Bowls in the past few years, they still have complaints sometimes, and they still give me a hard time about being a Jet fan. So... I'll, I'm going to throw the discussion open. We're going to do a bit of a roundtable. I'll start with my closest brother-in-law sitting nearest to me, Alex. How do you feel about no names. Jet fans no and names. the Jets in general? Just throw it open. Go ahead. How do I feel? Say it again. How do, you feel about, how do you feel about the Jets? How do you feel about Jet fans in general? I just think they're the saddest, most mediocre people that ever walked the planet. I don't okay. know. What's the, is that? Yeah. Okay. And why do you feel they're mediocre people? Just because geographically just, they were born near Jet fans? Born near New York? Yeah, I mean,
1: born losers. Yeah. Okay. They
2: just—I mean, it's just—it's you, you, you're dying in a you're just a bunch of amateurs. All right. It's the worst. It's the worst franchise okay. to root for, arguably in the whole league. Right. Got it. So since you guys were born regionally close to New England, you are winners just because the Patriots happen to be good while you were alive. Just like you're a loser for being regionally born. <laughs> <than you. laughs> Got another brother-in-law chiming in here. <laughs> I don't know. How you know. All right. Let Let's hear somebody who is not 100. percent Happy or overly on board with Tom Brady right now? I would think Tom Brady's won what five Super Bowls for you guys. You should love him. Does anyone have any complaints, concerns about Tom Brady at this point? Microphones open, just yell it out. Go ahead. I hey, think he's this yeah, hey, go ahead. Anyone? No, he's the goat. Go. Why? Why is he? I'm the not going to fuel the fire on this Jets broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone at this table is completely happy with Tom Brady and thinks everything he's done the past I'm years. I'm specifically happy with him, yeah. very much. Yeah. If, if right. the only As thing that lawyer, he is guilty of
1: yeah. is kissing his son in the mouth,
2: which <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think we all done. think was a little weird. Just uh, it's just—it's disgust- it's it's just, disgusting. Yeah. But I'll take the five Super Bowls. That's at
0: the same not time. disgusting. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, in a weird kind of open long. for debate. Yeah. It was a long. Whether or
2: not people, he French kissed no. him is up for debate, but it doesn't matter. You should never even need to have that debate about French <laughs> kissing yourself. I'm not, right. <laughs> <that debate. laughs> I'm not having debate. I'm not having that debate. Okay. I think it's. Yeah. Nobody's 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 concerned about trading away Jimmy Garoppolo and you guys having no quarterback in the future. Brady, 41 years old, gets hurt this year. Who's your quarterback going forward? What happens? But what if he doesn't get hurt? But what if he does What's get gonna hurt? What's going to happen to your team, though? If he, he gets a shirt. Get I think the Jets would be the favorite going forward <laughs> if Brady did get hurt they didn't have a quarterback I going think forward. that is
1: so incorrect. That's awesome.
2: Why is it incorrect? Let's say Tom Brady gets hurt. You not room for anyone to get hurt. Why, why is New England still the best team going forward in the AFCs? You have a rookie quarterback. Okay. But not this year. I'm talking like the next like three Bill, or four Bill years. We find talking about 15, 20, 35. I'm talking to three win. to five years from now. We find a way to win. Coach Belichick. We win, win a
1: Super Bowl every three to five years.
2: But uh, these but things come in peaks and valleys. It's, it's been, been a long fucking peak. peak. I mean, you guys couldn't even beat a backup quarterback I'll in will give, a give you two last year. Matt, Cass. This podcast. They didn't college football. They didn't play the They 5 They didn't make the playoffs that year. Yeah, a joke I've never seen you so upset in my entire life. Brady is old check's old. Kraft is old. I think you're best bet. Hey, guess what? So are Wizards. Wizard. I think Listen, you should call make. Chad Pennington out of retirement. Listen. Get him oh, so back in the mix. Like, oh, we have a new young quarterback. I think all Jet fans, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but for the next three to five years, should have reason to feel optimistic these Patriot fans don't appear to have a bunch great of I and, like the
1: three or five year everything. You can think of everything three or five years out, so you can never really get there. Listen. But you can keep saying these These things, things come to an end.
2: might be a Yeah, everything comes to an end. This these podcast is going to come to an end. <laughs> I <don't laughs> know. I think know. Think is, <laughs> these, are, these are the people I have to be surrounded with <laughs> yeah, as a Jets fan in Massachusetts. West. Yeah, I'm blessed to be surrounded hey, with Hey, listen.
1: but Humble will
2: have this team, okay? That's the oldest, most played-out joke ever. Five years ago. It's over. Who
1: runs into a center's house? Bring back six years.
2: It's not on the <laughs> team anymore. It's over. My niece is laughing. laughing at me. Why don't
1: you ask some pointing questions to Josh about yeah. the Patriots? Don't Ooh, I like that. Do
2: it. What is your concerns or problems with Tom Brady personally? If he was sitting here right now, personally. what would you say to him?
1: Personally.
2: What would I say to him? I probably wouldn't even be able to speak. <laughs> he's just a guy. Just no, a guy. I'd, say, guy. I'd say lose the gold jacket. Yeah. I, keep okay. I would oh, yeah. be
1: blinded by some a lot of diamonds on his hand from all the rings that we just won.
2: Nobody, Nobody's concerned that Giselle's trying to force him to retire because of the concussions. And he says that if you drink enough water, you can't get sunburned and all the other weird stuff he's got going on. Were you listening to
1: conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a yeah. soap
2: opera. Were you <laughs> sitting on the beach with us <laughs> I'm putting. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying it feels like the end is near. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Jets fan. Surrounded by 27 Patriots. I don't think you're Next wise. man up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a terrible idea to get rid of Garoppolo. Thank you. Well, <laughs> thank you. you Smart comment. I think it also was a terrible idea <laughs> to get rid of Garoppolo. You have no future quarterback. Garoppolo's <laughs> unproven. He's not unproven. He's been he's great unproven. every time he's he played. five games. He's more handsome than Brady. He could throw it further than Brady. Julian, well, I can Julie, <laughs> that he could throw the ball. He throw it further than Brady. Dude, that thought. Go ahead. Say it. Give you a Garoppolo rant. I'll use my name on the internet. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. On, no one's going to track it down. No one's listening. All right. pull up looking Yeah. Garoppolo is unproven. There's <laughs> plenty of <laughs> quarterbacks in every team that haven't done crap, I'll say, in front of the children. You he was the best thing we had going We'll find someone. Believe in not if Belichick retires. Trust not in right. Belichick. San Fran goes. 80, we believe in the 80, system, 80. not the players. Oh my God, <laughs> the system is coming to an end. Uh, before we wrap, I want to give my sister-in-law a chance to speak. She was a cheerleader for the Patriots. So. Any interesting, any interesting stories, incriminating information you want to potentially give to help bring down New England? Anything we could put out there? No, it was
0: just amazing to work, work for a championship team. Oh so, how that many Super Bowls did how you go to? Went to one Super Bowl, the winning just one. Super Bowl. Yes. Okay.
2: Yep. Right. She has the ring. She has yeah. a ring.
0: Eagles. And I look forward to many more championships. No, ahead. I think the
2: time is coming to an end. But I appreciate it. Wait, oh, final final what, thought. What's what are the Jets going to go this? What's the record this year? Seven and nine. Jets Ugh. go seven and nine. Pats go twelve and four, losing the AFC Championship uh, game. Six and ten. That's my four life Fourth life. of July predi- prediction. And uh, all right, now we're going to jump we're into we're our we're interview we're with we're Mike Desaulle to Pats propaganda on the AFC Championship. Uh, Let's take Houston with Deshaun Watson. Oh come on, can't, oh, it's, it's early. Early. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys thinking you, you lost to Nick Foles last year? You can't lose to Deshaun Watson. Exactly. All right. We're going to sign off now. We're going to jump into our interview with Mike DeSalt of Pat's Propaganda. And uh, that's a wrap. Tear can go Go fast.